What up, fam? Welcome back to the Drama Club. On this week's episode, we break down the T.I. drama that happened a few weeks ago regarding his daughter's hymen, you know. And then May gets into the story about Robert Downey Jr. Stay tuned. What up, fam? Feels good, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcasting live from CA to NY. Did you see something going viral about Hannibal Burris defending oh. like the landlord thing? Yeah, but he's so fucking weird. He's like, right? It, he kind of, sort of alluded to it being a bit. Oh, okay. But then he said, "Okay." He's like, "Ha ha ha! That was fun." Um. I'm going to drop a video about this tomorrow at noon. Then I checked like the next day at noon and it was like a completely unrelated video. What the hell? So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that was super weird. And it was, it seemed kind of off brand that he was like on the side of landlords. But I mean, who knows? He's on another level now. So, well, the tweet was that he was, somebody tweeted something about rent control like a bill that was going to pass about uh trying to you know help low-income people to stabilize rent yeah and he retweeted it and put wrong yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so yeah which is kind of out of left field but then word on the street is he owns several income properties Ooh, okay okay so i i don't know what to believe i know this is a giant conspiracy for us to all stop hate, stop liking Hannibal Burris, <laughs> which honestly I haven't heard new uh, content of his. Oh, same. He's doing yeah. a lot of acting, I think. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Did you see Billy Eichner had um, Chris Evans and Paul Rudd on his show? Yeah. It was so cute, and he was like, "Who would you rather sleep with, Paul <laughs> Rudd or Chris Evans?" <laughs> see, that's why I don't fuck with whoever the girl was that answered, because obviously I would have been like both. yeah that was funny and he was like the pretty people are talking chris (laughs) he's so funny i haven't seen his show in a long time but i saw that it got on netflix and yeah i started watching a little bit of it yesterday yeah it was on hulu for a minute but that kind of shit is a pain in the butt to watch on hulu because there's a lot of commercials so it's like ugh, right hey 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 (laughs) Oh, did you see the Kanye thing? No. He's all like born again Christian, so he's being all extra. Yeah. So Kim was on The View. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. She was on The Real. Sorry. That's oh. Dif- different from The View, apparently. Okay. And I guess that Kanye had a big problem with her Met Gala dress. Remember? It made it look like she was like wet, like coming out of the water or whatever. Yeah. And I guess that originally it had nip- like fake nipples on it, too. Mm-hmm. But he made them remove that. And he was like all around not okay with the dress. Yeah and i guess now he's like trying to be all strict with her kids and stuff she said that he he doesn't let their daughters wear makeup anymore and he doesn't let them like dress like i don't know like a certain a certain way anymore (laughs) yeah like they're little girls like they don't know right yeah i don't like that because that means that he's sexualizing them you know? Exactly. Because a little girl is going to want to put on like lip little gloss. Little kids want to be naked. And like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't fucking know. It's like, it's 
if you're if you're making it out to be something that it shouldn't be, then that's on you, my dude. That sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, they're just playing. Like yeah. literally. <laughs> Have you ever seen a little girl put on makeup? The shit don't blend. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither does the president, so hey. Look at, you could be president one day too, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so weird, his whole new uh image. Yeah. I don't like people were making really good comparisons. Like, look at how he used to be with um, Amber Rose. Yeah, with Amber Rose, always yeah. showing her off and shit. And even Kim, when yeah. once he quote unquote fixed her to match whatever style it was that he wanted, he used to hella be all about her. Yeah, and he liked that she was like super sexual. I thought like he kind of like because for a little bit, I think when Kim was with those other guys like Chris Humphreys and like. After she um, broke up with the one football player, what was his name? Reggie Bush. Yeah, like she was single for a while and kind of like dating around. Mm -hmm. She kind of got a little bit more conservative. I think like she, some of the guys she was dating weren't into that. Mm -hmm. And then she got with Kanye and he kind of like brought her back to like doing all the sexy photo shoots and stuff. Yeah. Like he was like, you got to do that stuff. Like it seemed like he really uplifted her and now it looks like he's doing the opposite. So that's really awful. Because for him, it's all about control at the exactly. end of the day. Yeah. 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 He liked her that way when he was into it. Now he's mm-hmm. not into it. So it's, it's not okay. Yeah. When really. He, he wanted his girl, his wife to be desired. But now he's like, oh, too many men desire my wife. I got to like pull in the reins or something like that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Super bullshit. Speaking of men trying to control women. Oh, uh, T.I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tip. It- aka t-i-p <laughs> what's that one t-i song that i like um with rihanna live your life so live your life hey. remember that song that song was fucking fuego i do not like that song oh that song's so <laughs> sick okay so t-i was on a podcast uh what's it called i do not know the name of it i just learned it because they they, they pulled the episode. They pulled the episode, yeah. <laughs> Which um, is, I feel like that's a bad look, guys. Keep the episode up. Yeah, you should keep it up. You're silly. From one podcaster to another. Yeah, Ladies Like Us. T.I. was on a podcast, Ladies Like Us. Along, like, his daughter was, like, there, right? Oh, she was? I thought so. And he was saying, like, basically he said that she's, well, she's 18, first of all. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he goes with her to the doctor to the gynecologist every single year every single year like clockwork like Mm -hmm. on her birthday and by the way he's like very proud of this while he's Mm -hmm. saying this and that he asks the doctor to check her hymen and to give him the results of the examination he had i guess her doctor was like well this is against obviously hipaa Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love that hipaa was trending on twitter that was my favorite thing (laughs) that was so funny man and it was like the health uh whatever whatever aka hipaa i was like what the fuck (laughs) so ti like had his daughter sign yeah so that he could see the results and like kind of said something like if you have nothing to hide Mm -hmm. then you know just let me see and it's all alluding to the fact that he's trying to keep his daughter's virginity in check like ti is stupid you know so he thinks that like if your hymen is broken then you're not a virgin right which is so stupid i can't even pretend it is anti-science there are so many things that are wrong with that if if you don't know your hymen can break doing a fucking cartwheel 
using a tampon, riding a horse, sitting down to. And then he alludes to that. He was like, "Guess what? She don't oh, ride, yeah. she no, don't horses. ride no horses. Yeah, she don't, like, she don't do any physical activity. It, it can break with anything. It could not break. Yeah, your your hymen could be elastic, intact. Yeah, yeah, it could forever after be you're intact. not a vir- after you lose your virginity, after you, you have yeah. a child. Yeah, <laughs> it's everybody's body is different. It's yeah, it's, it's so anti science to think that your hymen is in any way tied to whether or not you've had vaginal intercourse and another thing what if she's having non-vaginal vaginal intercourse exactly. what if she's doing it in the butt in the butt what if she's a lesbian tried and true in the butt <laughs> <laughs> jesus doesn't cry if you do it in the butt <laughs> as a catholic school kid i know all about the butt i know dude <laughs> all the catholics i remember our college friend whose name i won't say went to catholic school and i remember he said his girlfriend would only let him do it in the butt yeah because <laughs> do. jesus don't cry <laughs> we do it in the butt anyways <laughs> <laughs> but we digress ti so stupid uh the hymen examination for this purpose is like against so many human rights violations yes the united nations literally tries to ban this because they do this in other countries right where mm-hmm. super um conservative countries where women are like property basically right and if they are for some people if they don't bleed on their wedding night or they're examined and their hymen is quote-unquote found broken yeah not intact they can be killed honor killings yeah so ti saying that proudly yeah that he checks his dot like i don't know this is so fucking and i have another question what if it would not be intact? Like, yeah, what, like, what are you going to do? do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Ground her? Like, what are you going to stop her from growing up? Like, everybody has, well, I mean, most people have sex. Like, you know, like, and it, let's say that was an indicator that she had lost her virginity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what? Now what? Yeah, so what? The yeah. fuck? Instead of like having the fucking conversation you should be having with her about safe sex, yeah. about being able to depend on you if something goes wrong. Right. Or if she's in a situation that she's no longer uncomfortable with being able to speak up. Mm -hmm. Instead, what you're doing is making your daughter fucking scared of sex. Scared of you. Scared of her own body. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck. Fuck T.I. And he he also said something really weird about virginity. He was like, oh, and you know, it's going to keep. It's gonna keep the guys away too, knowing that she's a virgin, because like they're they're not gonna want to. They're not gonna want to deal with all of that. What so like fuck? what the fuck are you talking about ew meanwhile that's so you know gross. these fucking bitches exactly that's what like i saw see come out see this is why i really hate this t- kind of like mentality of these men like that they're fathers and they want to act this way because it's exactly the same kind of men who turn around and treat women like shit yeah yeah you turn around totally. and you sexualize the shit out of women uh-huh. and you want to be all involved in women like that but then not when it comes to your daughter what right. the fuck are you talking about bro and you don't make no fucking sense <laughs> and his his sons are like in high school and proudly not virgins and he doesn't seem to have a what? problem with that are you serious because you know they have a reality show people yeah. were talking about how that was a storyline in one of the episodes last season that they asked like one of their sons ti and tiny asked one of their sons like oh hey are you having sex and he was like yeah and it was nothing like that was the end of it oh my gosh so it's me. just fucking bullshit on so many levels it's such bullshit it's so wrong it's fucking creepy and the most disappointing thing is that you know i saw a lot of people on twitter agreeing 
<gasps> no. Yeah, some people were like, "Oh, uh, yeah, you you guys cry when a father isn't involved, and you cry when he's too involved." Now, like, come on. No, dude. this this isn't this isn't being too involved. This is something completely different. Right. Th- this is this, this is, is a violation of yeah. privacy of bodily autonomy. I don't know where. How can we make it clear that all we want as women is control over our own bodies? Uh, we can't apparently because <laughs> how many times do we shout it from the fucking rooftops and men still don't fucking understand? I saw a really great quote today from Will Smith. Oh my god, yeah, I saw that going viral. Oh, it was so good. He was talking about how like uh, Willow, Willow wanted to cut her hair off. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, yeah, that was a really great lesson for her to yeah. to to have <laughs> to have that uh, autonomy over her own body. Like, yes, you can cut your yeah. hair because that's your hair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really great, and he said it so well. Right, like he's like. Yeah, because I want her to go out in the world and know that she has control of her body and I want her to be confident to make her own choices with her body when she goes out in the world. And he said something really great, which I think T.I. really needs to hear, which is like, if if I somehow have this decision as her father, make yeah. this decision on behalf of her, then when I'm not here, she's just going to find a man to replace me to make those sort of decisions for her, which is, that's 1,000% the problem with T.I. Yeah. Well... Ti got a lot of fucking problems, <laughs> but yeah, that's one thousand percent one of his problems. <laughs> yeah, fuck that fool. Um, I saw that his a lot of obviously a lot of people have had strong uh, reactions to mm-hmm. this against Ti, and his daughter has been liking a lot of the tweets. I saw that. Yeah, good, yeah. good yeah. for her, and good. I hope she knows that she has support of the public and that this is wrong. Yeah, and can find a way to take more control of her body just stand up to him honestly like just be like no yeah because you are 18 you do have rights well now she's 18 yeah yeah it's unfortunate that this happened to her throughout her her life her her adolescence probably yeah Yeah, a a very traumatic time in general you're adding this shit to it i know just so you guys know my i i my <laughs> just shut up man <laughs> we already know your hymen been gone bitch <laughs> i'm a virgin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i want to get laughing. i want to get that re-virgination um surgery <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man neither of us ain't ever getting that shit <laughs> that shit's gone that ship has sailed <laughs> uh, goodbye <laughs> the, the, the people have scurvy sorry on sorry to ship. this man <laughs> <laughs> sorry to my hymen goodbye I actually brought up the cartwheel thing because I remember when I was little one of my friends doing a cartwheel and bleeding <laughs> yeah like she I think she broke her hymen <laughs> oh man yeah that's not she she faked that shit from one in this whole experience i learned that there are like kits that you could buy online to like fake that shit fake what shit like fake your hymen breaking because this is a thing that parents do or what Yeah, yeah in other countries like you said maybe even here that's fucking crazy like there's a little vial of blood like a tiny and you like like break it and then put it on the sheets and shit <laughs> don't make that sound <laughs> the official sound of your hymen breaking <laughs> <laughs> dude that's so crazy i can't believe it 
Shout out to Hymans. Yeah. Wherever you are. <laughs> those that are broken and those that are not. <laughs> they come in all shapes and sizes, too. Some are lobular. Some what have the fuck did you just say? <laughs> some are like some are like shaped like uh, like petals, you know, like lobular. Some are um, some have several holes. It's um it's a beautiful world of of diverse hymens out there. Wow, I, w- I never would have thought. What a weird <laughs> podcast we have, you and I. <laughs> what the fuck Look at are us. We, what are <laughs> Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. So T.I. has not responded to all the backlash, right? No, he hasn't. Oh, okay. Nor should he, I think. Yeah, Uh, why just going to... Unless you're going to... I mean, there's nothing... You can't take it back, right? right. That you did this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he should just... um, Yeah. Take the L on this one. Lots of musicians are often just dumb. (laughs) right like often musicians are the ones that you're saying like versus actors yeah i think maybe actors are trained better with regard to their speaking engagements or something like maybe know not to go towards certain topics or something i was i was thinking it was more along the lines of musicians tend to exhibit that talent pretty early so they are more likely to leave school early that's true. Yeah, for sure. I just watched, Um, have you seen David Chang's new show on Netflix? No, not yet. It, it's pretty cute. I just watched uh, Chrissy Teigen Chrissy's. and, and there, Seth, Seth is, Rogen's episode. Oh, is that one episode or those are two episodes? They're two different episodes. Okay. I really like Seth Rogen's because he's in Vancouver and like oh, it's yeah. all the spots we were at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he's talks about like, yeah, I dropped out of high school when I was in 11th grade. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that. And then yeah. he was like, that's why all my characters are dumb, because I can't write a smart character. <laughs> <laughs> when we return to the story of Robert Downey Jr., drugs land the troubled actor in prison. Let's wait. Let's introduce ourselves. OK, how come I always introduce myself first? Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie. <laughs> I'm just going to go first. Again. <laughs> and my name is May. And together we are the Drama Club. Thank you for listening. This is the podcast about Simon's. Yep. Apparently. <laughs> re- yes. Uh, biology. Uh, yeah. Scientific research. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rappers. Musicians. Uh huh. Actors. Music. Movies. Mm-hmm. And Women, more. Uh, women's autonomy. Yeah. You know what movie I started watching on the plane? Or I watched on the plane? Uh to mexico i think it's like pretty old netflix movie called sleeping with other people who is in that jason sudeikis allison brie yes uh-huh. and uh adam scott mm-hmm. and i was just talking to Paige about it on twitter because she said like adam scott always plays an asshole and so i think he's an asshole in real life yeah and he's such an asshole in that movie. And, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And I was like, oh, man, I bet he's an asshole. Like, I totally had that same yeah. feeling. He's got that kind of face. Yeah, he just seems kind of, like, smug. Didn't you see him? Yeah, he. Um, I actually see him fairly often. Mm-hmm. He uh, His family lives in Silver Lake. So he's always at the Silver Lake Trader Joe's. If you guys oh, I think that's where you had told me yeah. you saw him. But I haven't seen... Well, I... I've seen him a couple times at Trader Joe's, but I see him driving. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Something about him rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Same. It used to be his hair for me, but then he fixed his hair and now I'm like, oh, no, I still don't like him. <laughs> yeah. What was that HBO show he was in? You can see his wiener. It, yeah, but it was a fake wiener. Oh, it was? It was yeah. a stand-in wiener? Yeah. But it's like episode one, just him getting his dick sucked. Yeah. What is that fucking show called? Let me see. I, I don't remember, but I downloaded all of them and it was so bad. I only watched like the first two. I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Tell me you love me. Yes. And it yeah. got canceled pretty early, huh? I think oh, it one, had one season. season. Yeah, because HBO's not going to put on a show for two episodes and cancel it. Either yeah. They're going to have a whole season. Yeah. A lot of people in that fucking show. Yeah, true. Uh, Keanu Reeves might have a girlfriend, everybody. I'm not upset about it at all. <laughs> You're not mad. You're not mad. I'm not mad at all. No, I'm actually like 95% sure he she is his girlfriend now. I thought he made a statement. No, he didn't. That they were started out as friends. No. no, it's like a sort an inside a source. source. Uh, okay, all right, guys, I have quite the episode for you today because we're going to talk about Robert Downey Jr. <gasps> Yay! For this, I watched the YouTube documentary Dark Hollywood Robert Downey Jr. A huge shout out to that video because a lot of the other RDJ stuff is very superficial and glossy, which is weird because it's like it never used to be like that. It. He used to have like like a I mean obviously like a bad reputation, but now it's all like oh like all like really great stuff about him. Yeah, I also watched a biography biography channel documentary on him and browsed his Wikipedia. I saw a bunch of people tweeting about his past when the Scorsese thing against Marvel came out. Oh really? Yeah, I actually see a lot of our Twitter followers uh, <laughs> uppity motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> talking about that a lot, like how like oh like marvel sucks and stuff but that's not the point like marvel does suck but right <laughs> it's still a movie it's still entertainment yeah it's for like, somebody somebody out there enjoys it yeah and re- and really like yeah that's true like you're saying it's like uh subjective right whether or mm-hmm. not it's good or not right but, but anyways it, but i mean there's storytelling there's heroes there's villains there's there's cinematography action. there's there's it's cinema yeah but like i mean you don't have to like it i don't like it but yeah. i'm not like mad at it yeah you know? <laughs> So, yeah, when that whole thing was popping off, I saw a lot of people tweeting about, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s past and how, like, kind of becoming Iron Man kind of, like, saved him. Well, okay, this whole thing is kind of weird for me because I don't I don't watch Marvel movies. Uh-huh. So, in my research, I noticed that most people, even just a little bit younger than us, like, they kind of have no idea. That he that, used to do that, be this way, yeah, right? Yeah. They just know him as Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so they have little to no idea that he was this crazy fucking addict and that he was constantly getting arrested and shit, which for me, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think of Robert Downey Jr. Fuck yeah, me too. Second thing, probably a Scanner Darkly. Oh. I like that movie. I hate that movie. You do? Oh, shout out to Keanu Reeves again. I mean, I like like the movie, but something about, like, it was a very traumatic time, like, in college. I don't know, like, when I watched it, I think I was just, like, very stressed. It was, like, a midterm time, so, you know, that like, happens. something, no, like, that sticks happens. in your mind. Yeah, and you'll all forever have them linked and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I feel about, um, what's that fucking movie? Harold and Maude. Oh, I love Harold and I Maude. fucking hate that movie <laughs> because the first time I watched it was, I didn't, it was, like, somebody p- played it in our Spanish class in high school. Uh-huh. 
my uncle had just committed suicide oh my god literally like two weeks before yeah and then so. that movie was like just her pretending the whole time or him pretending the whole time i don't him, remember him but i was like i fucking hate this movie yeah. and like i'll never disassociate the two right. yeah it, but i know it's a good up. movie people yeah. love it yeah right that that's the exact my exact problem with the scanner darkly because yeah. you know i love that cast oh for sure <laughs> what's not to love <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind for me is, like, his drama. And then it takes me actually a second to remember that his whole image and career has been rehabilitated. So props to him for seemingly getting his life together. And I would love for him to put out a memoir one day and, like, tell us how he did it. Like, give us the truth. Also, he doesn't seem to do enough for people who are trying to get sober right true Shouldn't especially he? Af- after hearing about doc ellis yeah <laughs> for real yeah he does not and also i think he's like like a closet republican Ooh, oh that's he the was, worst thing <laughs> he was anti-trump uh, he he stumped for hillary but i saw a quote somewhere where he was like you can't be in and out of jail the way i was and come out a liberal or some shit oh what and he and he's kind of like been wishy-washy on it, but it makes me think like, all right. Yeah. There's, yeah. You have some Republican tendencies. Okay, so Robert John Downey Jr. was born on April 4th, 1965 in New York, New York to Robert Sr. and Elsie Ann. Robert Sr. was an independent underground filmmaker and Elsie often starred in and wrote screenplays for his movies. The couple also had a daughter named Allison, who's a little bit older than Junior. And Robert Sr. was actually kind of well-known. He did everything. He wrote, directed, shot, edited, acted. He did it all. Wow. We don't really see that kind of filmmaker anymore. I Like, I guess that Louis C.K. tried it for a hot second on his show, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, sorry to that man. <laughs> I was just watching like uh, old SNL clips on YouTube while I was working the other day, and a bunch oh of my god, me what? too. Shut up, May. There was like an I love Lucy type Louis C.K. one. Did you see that one? I don't remember. It's- no, I saw one where he's like, it's like a class of students that go to a like old school like, like you know those little like reenactment places, and him and his wife keep talking uh. shit about Italians. <laughs> Uh, like a renaissance fair type yeah, thing? yeah 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 that i saw just saw but like a bunch of his kept coming up they're funny so well the one i saw that's so funny you said that because this i was literally watching it uh when did we record monday mm-hmm. on monday mm-hmm. and it was louis and kate mckinnon and it was like a black and white type thing set up to be like i love lucy's apartment and it uh-huh. was like so i married a lesbian <laughs> and then like <laughs> kate mckinnon was like Honey, I've decided to be a lesbian. <laughs> she's so funny. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yeah. Is she still on it? Yeah, she's still on it. She's, she's probably like the only... Yeah, I bet you she's going to bounce soon. Soon, yeah. Anyway, Robert Sr. was definitely famous for being one of the last breed of this kind of filmmaker, but he was also known for his drug use. Ooh. And unfortunately, Elsie was also an alcoholic. Oh, damn. Yeah. So definitely keep his parents' substance abuse problems in mind as we go through Robert's story because, and I like, I feel for him because this, this is the only thing he knew. This is what he grew up around. Right. His sister, Allison, who is now a successful entrepreneur, shout out to her. Shout out to her. 
she didn't escape the cycle of addiction either, and she has struggled with alcohol and drug problems in the past as well as bulimia. Oh, wow. Yeah, but she came out the other side too, and she seems like really put together, devoted to her family and her business and shit. Oh, good for her. So yeah, I think it can be easy to judge addicts, but I think we should try to be sympathetic when we can, especially when they were raised the way these kids were raised. On a positive note, Junior was also a child actor in his father's movie starting at age five. Aww. And his father was always filming the family even before that. So there's a ton of footage of little Junior and he is the cutest little kid in the world. He's Aww. adorable. He has these like huge eyes and shaggy hair. He's so cute. His first line ever on film was, have any hair on your balls? What? <laughs> when he was five years old. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's, uh, that was in 1970s Pound, where he played a sick puppy. The next year, at age six, he started doing drugs with his dad. What? Senior says that he introduced him to marijuana around this time, thinking it was cute to see the kids smoke and get high. That's what Drew Barrymore says. Yeah. She says that that's like how she started doing coke and cigarettes is like she'd right. be at Studio 54 and they'd be like, oh, how cute. Like, right. This it's little like, girl. do. It's like a gimmick or something. It's like when you get a baby to curse or something and everyone's yeah. like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, yeah. But it, like a thousand times worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, obviously now he regrets it. But I mean, come on. Too late. <laughs> In 1975, at age 10, the family moved to London for a year where Junior studied classical ballet. Back in New York, the family stuck together for a few years, but by 1978, his parents' marriage had dissolved because Robert Sr.'s, because of Robert Sr.'s drug use and the fact that it started to get out of hand and he was also a philanderer. And yeah, he was, Sr. was a mess. Yeah. So Sr. moved to Los Angeles and Junior chose to move to LA with his dad. A new West Coast life meant new West Coast friends, including his Santa Monica High classmates and neighbors, Sean Penn, Rob Lowe, Charlie Sheen, and in his millionth cameo on this podcast, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up Emilio like when whoever was, and people started tweeting at us. Like, Dev, we, Dev was like, please. <laughs> there's nothing. He has no drama. The man is very private. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I I remember you bringing this up because in the Sean Penn episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they were neighbors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should get an Emilio punch card, and once he's made ten appearances on the show, we'll give him his own episode for there free. You go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, Robert is still acting in his dad's movies and still smoking weed, and also now doing coke with him. And I'm I'm guessing drinking because he was also. I mean, if you're doing coke, you yeah, know, yeah, right. So what's a little but, beard to take the edge off? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, damn! I would kill for a beer right now. Me too. That sounds delicious. So the substance <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of substance abuse. <laughs> so the substance abuse became a way for father and son to bond, which is really depressing. Yeah. It's really sad, especially given the fact that Junior is just a teenager. This is the absolute worst possible time for this to be happening. Seriously. And you know his little friends, Sean Penn and Charlie Sheen, weren't any better. So I shudder to think of the shenanigans that those guys were getting into together. By 1983, Robert dropped out of school and moved to New York to try to pursue acting out there. 
He supported himself between acting jobs by doing odd serving gigs, you know, typical actor stuff, but he did actually get acting work. And even though he'd been acting since he was five years old, this was the first time he was actually getting paid for it. Right. So that year, he had a supporting role in a movie called Baby It's You, a romantic comedy which was produced by Griffin Dunn and dedicated to the memory of his sister, Dominique Dunn, who, as we know, was murdered right around the time that this movie was in production. The film wasn't a hit. I guess some people saw it. It starred Roseanne Arquette, but it was Robert's first screen role outside of his dad's films. The next year, he got another small part in a drama called Firstborn, which was the the debut of 10-year-old Corey Haim, and also featured in a supporting role, fellow teen actor Sarah Jessica Parker. If I'm not mistaken, this is Sarah's first time on the podcast. Oh, what? Right? I can't really really think of... Yeah. But like millionth time in our hearts. Yeah, I know. That's so so weird. Welcome, SJP. Welcome. Welcome. You have plenty of drama, so I'm surprised it's taken this long. (laughs) Anyway, Sarah Jessica and Robert met on the set, and it was fucking on. Love at first sight. How old was he? He was... This was 1984. Right. So he was uh, 19. Damn, that's crazy. Young love, man. Yeah, young love. So we all know, we all know how young love goes. Yeah. <laughs> they moved in <laughs> together after the movie wrapped just eight weeks after meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did some light reading on SJP just in case something relevant on her end would pop up for this, but I don't really want to go into her story here because she deserves her own thing. But yeah, if you want a little preview, look up what went on on the set of her show, Square Pegs. Have you ever seen Square Pegs? No, but I mean, I heard about it. It was on Nick at Night for like five seconds. Like they showed it for like a, like a summer thing, like a little summer marathon one time. I watched it. It's kind of cute. It's like, okay. it's just so cute seeing her at that age at like 14 or 15. Yeah. And yeah, that set. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's something for the future. Okay. Anyway, so RDJ and SJP are in love. Okay, okay. And they don't care who knows it. Plus, they just actually made a really good couple. She grounded him because he had an ever-increasing drug problem that we're about to get into. And he kind of opened her up because she was, like, very sort of uptight. Because she had been this, like, child actor. And you know how child actors are so professional, you know? Right. Especially if they've been doing it for their whole life. Right. And she was, like, on Broadway and shit, which is very, like, structured. Fuck yeah. And it's like, you got to be on every night and shit. Right. So she did kind of like need someone to kind of open her up a little bit to have a little bit more fun because she was very like workaholic, very structured. Right. Um, but oh, she all- probably loved him. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, she was all and over he, that boy. And it was like kind of cute, you know. Yeah, he's kind of cute. But all in all, their relationship was very traditional and borderline conservative. So much so that Corey Haim whose parents had their own fucking drama. It was a whole thing. He went to live with SJP and RDJ at their house for like two months when he was 10. What the hell? They had a kid and shit? Yeah, he was like their kid. They were his guardians. Whoa. They set him up with his own room and everything and made sure that he was taken care of because it seems like his home life was fucked. Wow. There's like this really sweet interview of him when he's older 
like he's already the court he's like Corey Haim that we think of right and he talks about how like it was so great of them to take him in when he was a kid and he really needed it and he was like yeah they set me up they put a little mattress on the floor they gave me a blue light bulb and they were like my parents yeah it was really really sweet although I mean is Robert really the kind of person you want around Corey Corey? but I don't know I don't think so Anyway, in 1985, Robert scored a spot on the cast of Saturday Night Live. Rolling Stone later ranked him as the worst cast member in the history of the show. That was like the season where they had fired Lauren Michaels and they were like, we're going to bring in this whole new cast. Oh, wow. And the cast was great. It's like Robert Downey Jr. It had um, Joan Cusack, who I love. I love Joan Cusack so fucking much. Yeah, she's awesome, huh? But it just didn't like... I guess it just didn't work out. Sometimes people can be great actors and stuff, but they're just not, it's not a good fit. Yeah. SNL is its own fucking yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Rolling Stone said that he was the worst cast member ever, uh, but I'm sure that will soon be updated to include that racist motherfucker who was hired for like five minutes this year. Oh, that's true though. So good on you, Robert. You're moving up. <laughs> <laughs> he got fired from SNL after that one season. Then he did a string of roles in big teen movies from the time. He did a cameo in his boo, Sarah Jessica's movie, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh, He was in Weird Science. He almost got practically every Tom Cruise role from that time. Like, wow. Yeah, like Top Gun, Risky Business. Like, it, it was usually between him and Tom. Whoa, that's so weird. Yeah. He almost got ducky and pretty and pink whoa oh i like what's his face though yeah he's perfect for that yeah and he almost got ferris and ferris bueller i think that, that would have been have crazy worked. that, that would have been crazy because it turned out to be sarah's man yeah i know so then maybe sarah would have just ended up with <laughs> <laughs> but i could see him as ferris though i think that could work because he's got like he's very charming yeah you yeah, know? yeah and ferris yeah. i mean that's the main thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so finally, he got his big break with a starring role in 1987's The Pickup Artist, which co-starred Molly Ringwald. She was obviously the queen bee of that time, so yeah. this, like, really raised his profile. That led to his second starring role in a big feature film, Less Than Zero, in 1987. In the film, Robert plays a young drug addict who hits rock bottom. Less Than Zero made okay money and got okay reviews, but Robert's performance really blew everyone away. People were like, who is this guy? Yeah. Luckily, no one watched that season of SNL that he was on, so they didn't judge him for that. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) this movie was the big turning point in Robert's career. It was also another turning point in that this marked the first time that Robert's drug use bled onto working hours. Ooh. Before this movie, he would do his drugs after work and on the weekends like a gentleman. Yeah. But during this movie, he started getting high on set. He says that before it wasn't weird for him to show up to work hungover, like, you know, who hasn't been there once or twice. But right now it was like he was a full on junkie doing coke in between setups in his trailer and shit. But luckily, I think that crossing that line from his drug use being a party thing to like an everyday thing really made him realize that he had a real problem and he went to rehab. Oh, good. He did a few more teen movies after getting out to various level of success. 
it's so weird looking at clips from a lot of these movies because you see a lot of early performances from today's actors that I have a hard time imagining as teens. Yeah. Like uh, Uma Thurman was the big one. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't imagine her as anything <laughs> other than Kill Bill. Right. She's like, she's in one of these and the absolute earliest my brain can actually imagine Uma is Dangerous Liaisons. Oh my God. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Shout out to Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. And yeah. it's it's actually like around this time also, but she doesn't look like a baby because she's not playing an 80s teen. Right. You know? So, yeah. But when I think of Uma, my brain goes to Pulp Fiction, Mia Wallace, it goes to Kill Bill. Yeah. So it's weird saying baby Uma and baby Robert. Anyway, so he also started another movie for his dad around this time, which is probably not the best idea to do fresh out of rehab. Because as we know, father and son often bonded by doing drugs. Yeah. Meanwhile, things at home with Sarah Jessica were a little rocky. I mean, I think we can all imagine what she's like. She seems to me at least very straight-laced, conservative. Square. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously she didn't like the drug use, but she didn't super stress him about it when it was a party thing. But I'm sure that all changed when he was just high all the time, like when that was just him. Of course. Robert and Sarah Jessica were super close with Kiefer Sutherland at the time. Kiefer and Robert were roomies for a little bit early in their careers before Robert had moved in with SJP. Anyway, so Robert and Kiefer were doing a movie together called 1969 with Ren- with Winona Ryder. I've never heard of this movie in my Me life. Either. What is it? <laughs> and I'm a Winona stan. And I already researched Winona for her episode. And this was in 1988, which meant we were more or less approaching peak Winona. Yeah. So I was shook. I, g- I guess it was about the Vietnam War. The reviews were mixed at best, like Loki, they were bad. And it was a big time bomb at the box office at the box office so i think that history has mostly forgotten it anyway kiefer was living with robert and sarah jessica while they were filming this movie and it seems like kiefer and sjp had a thing robert seems very chill and understanding about it though he says that obviously things between him between himself and sarah jessica parker were kind of messy and kiefer being such a close friend to both of them and being there meant that she had a shoulder to cry on right so Robert is like, I totally get it. And he says it wasn't like Kiefer was out to steal Sarah Jessica away from him because Kiefer was with someone else at the time and had no intentions of leaving. So in Robert's eyes, at least speaking in hindsight, he's very rational and understanding about the whole thing and even says that he's glad that if it had to happen, that it was with a friend. Oh, that sucks. But I mean, he probably realized what a shit he was. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's good that he could take at least that kind of responsibility. Yeah. And it's like when your partner is going through something, I mean, you're going through it, too. And I'm sure that she was just like destroyed. And she has a friend right there who's a friend to both of them. Yeah. I I, like the it's exactly how he explained it. Like the lines get blurred. And yeah, for sure. Throughout all this drama, Robert is still seemingly just churning out movies, including 1989's Chances Are, which is a really weird movie. This is the movie that I think of when I think of young RDJ. I didn't see Lesson Zero until, I don't know, I must have been like 23 when like a co-worker recommended it. Anyway, chances are it's fucking crazy. Robert plays a guy who died like 20 plus years before leaving behind a wife and a baby. The dude wasn't ready to die yet, so he slips past the pearly gates and gets reincarnated into a baby being born at the exact same time. <laughs> Cut to the present. 
And he's now living his life as this young dude named Alex with no memory of his previous life until circumstances led him to see his wife and daughter again. He regains his memory of the previous life and tries to get his wife back. Meanwhile, a budding romance had been happening between him and his daughter. So he has to try to let her down easy. That's how you know it was some 80s shit. Because remember, Back to the Future has that weird storyline where Marty's mom... With him and his mom, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Marty's mom tries to fuck him. That's so weird. What the fuck was up with y'all in the 80s? I know, what the hell? (laughs) Why are you trying to fuck y'all's mom? That's weird. If you could tell us why the 80s loved incest so much, call us at (laughs) 505-539-0556. Anyway, I haven't seen that one since I was a kid, but... If I recall correctly, it might be worth a watch. I'll watch it again for sure, and I'll try to remember to report back. Next, he co-starred with Mel Gibson in 1990s Air America. This movie made a little money, but it got bad reviews. The important thing about this is that it was the start of what would become an important friendship between RDJ and Mel Gibson. By 1991, RDJ's addiction issues continued to escalate. He was drinking himself stupid, which, wild guess, I'm sure being around Mel Gibson didn't help. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) He was snorting and freebasing coke. God damn. Not to mention that it's Hollywood in the 90s, so ecstasy is hot. And like, who knows what else? All these designer drugs that are becoming a thing and fashionable. Right. So finally, after nearly eight years together, Sarah Jessica had to call it quits. She says that for a long time, the relationship revolved around her taking care of him. And that finally, she said that she had to step away and say, well, I hope you don't die. They both really, really loved each other, though. So this was a devastating breakup for both of them. Nine years, May? Almost nine years. That's crazy. Yeah. So they were 19 and then 28? Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking wild. So they they split on good terms. They both seem like decent people. people. Yeah. So they both talk about each other in positive yeah. ways, even yeah. to this day. Right. I saw an interview of Sarah, not like, I don't remember if she was promoting like Sex in the City 2 or something. Mm-hmm. And she talks about Robert Downey Jr. And she's like, you know, I always wanted to be there for him. I would wake him up. I would help him yeah. get dressed for whatever, like work and make him get in the shower and stuff mm-hmm. and i just worried about him so much and can you imagine her her like that's like this square square yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy yeah you don't choose who you love man right um yeah so it was like really terrible for both of them and i mean robert knew what the fuck was up like he knew that he had a problem yeah and i think that he loved her enough to know that leaving was absolutely the right move for her right that's it's so sad their love story is like really tragic tragic yeah. yeah uh yeah let's so get a movie about that who can play them <laughs> Ooh, timothy chalamet <laughs> <laughs> could no. be robert downey jr we need someone with more charisma as robert okay okay um uh, lakeith stanfield that's just he could be black that's fine <laughs> yeah that's fine and um what's her face as sarah jessica parker um uh madman uh sally oh kiernan shipka yeah you know who i really like i really like that girl did you watch ozark 
No, but people really like that show. I actually really like Ozark, but yeah. the Homegirl. I think that, just that won Jason Bateman was bothering me at that time because it was around the time that the audio had dropped oh, from yeah, the yeah, Arrested yeah. Development thing, and I was like, yeah. I don't want to watch none of his shit. But that curly-headed girl who's on that show, she's like been fucking showing up everywhere. Okay, and she just won the Emmy, and she was like in she was. I, I knew she was going to blow up because she was on that show, The Americans. And I was like, man, this girl's about to blow up because she's really great. Anyway, her or, you know who I really like? Remember True Grit? Oh, that little girl? That little girl. Yeah, she's not little anymore. But Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's how time works. Huh? <laughs> but somehow I, I haven't aged a day. <laughs> they keep growing. Wait, what? No, they stay the same <laughs> age. <laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. Shout out to Justin Bieber. That's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You know who I can't right. stop thinking about since that show Modern Love? Who? Dev Patel. Oh, he's not that cute on that show, though. No, fuck you. <laughs> he's so fine. You know I love him, but... I love him. But I'm not, I wasn't feeling him on that show. Ooh, I don't know. I think, like, might, I think since now that I'm heartbroken, I'm like really upset because I have like an active crush on Keanu. You're like looking to replace Keanu. Yeah. So now life. I have to look for someone yeah. else to have an active crush on. And I had an active crush on Leonardo DiCaprio for so long yeah. that I was expecting my Keanu crush to last me a few more years. But you, guess not. You can't have Dev Patel, though, because I put him on our sex list. Oh, fuck you, man. That's sex. I'm, <laughs> I want to <laughs> fall in love with him. <laughs> He reminds me, like, in Modern Love, he reminds me of Carlos. Really? He reminds yeah. me of Hugh Something Grant his with his floppy cheeks. hair. He's got Carlos cheeks. Don't don't ruin this for me. <laughs> <laughs> Why he's got to do this? <laughs> okay, so uh, back to these two. <laughs> How did we get on Death Because who's going to play Robert? He's so hot. Yeah, he's hot. Okay, so anyway, he says that he, of course, loved her and was in love with her, but that obviously that's not enough. No, of course not. When you hear her talk about the relationship now, she says that that was such an important time in her life. And you can even see that kind of like, what if, like, wash over her face, which is really, it, like, it broke my heart when I was watching her talk about it because it's like, she's still, I mean, obviously she loves her husband. She has this beautiful family, but it's still like she wonders. You can see it. Of course. Yeah. They had a connection. Right. A long... Imagine 19 to 28, how much you changed. Yeah. And yeah, you still exactly. love that person. Like, right. oof, that yeah. could have been everlasting. They probably right. still love each other. Oh, for sure. Because they... actively in love. Because they... They both loved each other when they broke up. It wasn't a lack of love. It was just right. like, you know... Like his if addiction. He, if he could have gotten his shit together earlier than he did, they would have still been together. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, what are you going to do? He obviously wasn't ready. I really like them as a couple, though. Yeah, they're super cute, huh? Yeah. And the photos of them together, ironically, like close to the time of their breakup, when I imagine things were really bad, I think they look really great together. <laughs> <laughs> he looks blown as fuck, but but still. There, I saw this one picture specifically where it looks like... It's crazy because this is like 1990 or like 1989. But she's already settled into her style. Like she's wearing cut off shorts, like a tie dye shirt. She's got the aviator glasses. She's pull Ooh, on Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw that's already. Tight. <laughs> okay. I'm trying uh, to find it now. <laughs> Post breakup. He starred in one of my all time favorite movies, 
Soap Dish. If you <laughs> haven't seen it, just listen to this cast. RDJ, Ovs, Whoopi Goldberg, Kevin Klein, one of Ooh. my favorites, Sally Field, and Carrie Fisher. Nice. It's just a really fun, silly movie with a great cast and good performances. Anyway, Robert also did another movie with his dad. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it's like his dad, because Robert's star is rising. So it's like his dad is like taking advantage of him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not paying him. (laughs) Oh. Anyway. uh, In May of 1992, after dating for 42 days, Robert married Deborah Falconer, a singer-songwriter. Oh, God. I would be dying to kick it with SJP I when know. this happened. And imagine, on this. yeah, that's awful. Maybe it was her though. Maybe she didn't want to get married. It, but it's not the marriage that I'm interested in. It's just like, like you guys couldn't make your commitment work, and now he's just gonna jump into a commitment. Not necessarily that it's marriage, right? But just like, okay, so you're you're gonna try to get your shit together for somebody else you know i found that picture you said oh you found it yeah they look fucking tight <laughs> yeah that one. Oh, i love that picture doesn't she that's like 10 years before sex of the city and she looks yeah. like carrie she looks dope as fuck so anyway she but- <laughs> does look fucking fake <laughs> <laughs> look at him he's so happy though <laughs> so Sarah, she was just like so fucking done with Robert at that point, though. I can guarantee you she was probably like, good luck with that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Shout out to Jennifer Garner for being my new ideal standard of being fucking done with a man. <laughs> yeah, for real. Shout out to you, queen. <laughs> Living your best life, glowing. <laughs> yeah, fucking bloated Ben Affleck over there. Hell yeah. <laughs> waiting for you to bring him Del Taco and shit. <laughs> Using your Capital One rewards card to buy that fucking <laughs> Del Taco. Yeah, you living your best life, queen. Get those points. Anyway, Deborah, Deborah liked drugs and partying too, though. Ooh, that's not a good mm-hmm. no. So, as you can imagine, things are going to escalate. Also, in '92, Robert took on arguably one of the most challenging roles of all time when he played the titular role in Chaplin. This kind of role is so fucking hard because obviously Charlie Chaplin is an icon, but also we all fucking know Chaplin. So you have to play him absolutely perfectly or it's not going to work. Yeah, that's hard. You also have to bring more to him than just mimicking because there are students working on Hollywood Boulevard that can do Chaplin. Uh-huh. So it's crazy. It's like a crazy balancing act. Anyway, Robert is absolutely incredible in this movie and rightfully was nominated for the Best Actor Academy Award, which he ultimately lost to Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. I might, I might have to disagree with Pacino's win yeah, on that one. I was gonna say, "Scent of a Woman" isn't that good. I used to be have a huge crush on Chris O'Donnell, though. He's he was so when he was Robin, he was so cute. Yeah, yeah, but still, the movie's not. Yeah, like, that movie's whatever. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not even that romantic. Like I'm a sucker for a romantic right. movie. It <laughs> doesn't strike me as like. So sorry, my sorry, my guy, to Al. He was great in that movie, though. But Robert became Chaplin. Yeah. And if not Robert, then Denzel as Malcolm X. Oh, that was the other one? That was the other one, yeah. What the fuck? And fun fact, that's the only movie where I feel like Denzel can get it, which I always feel like is weird. Something about (laughs) him. He's, like, so powerful, and, like, his his hair is dyed, like, a certain way. I just, he's, like, real fine in that movie. In September of 1993, Robert and Deborah had a son named Indio. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Both Robert and Deborah were extremely 
ecstatic to welcome Indio into their lives and to be parents. Deborah, to her credit, was now sober and had been as soon as she knew she was pregnant. Oh, good. Yeah. but And I think is to this day. So she was like, that's another one who was like, I'm, this I'm baby's coming. Like, yeah. that's it. But Robert was very, very not sober. Mm. And not only that, but this now became a point of contention in their marriage because at first their relationship was arguably built on their shared enjoyment of drugs and partying. Oh, God. Now that Deborah was sober and Robert was just falling deeper and deeper into addiction, things started to go south for them. Also, I'm sure it killed Deborah that Robert was high around Indio all the time. Yeah, but he thinks that's normal because his dad did that. Right. And it's sad because Robert obviously loved Indio more than anything. Like He wanted to be this father that he didn't have. Yeah. But he couldn't. He couldn't. Yeah. He himself says that like love wasn't enough and he lo- he loved him more than anything, but that wasn't enough. And look at his own father. Robert Sr. loved him a lot, too, but that didn't stop the self-destructive behavior from being passed on. So it's just like it's a shitty situation. Yeah. Somehow, despite the increasing drug use, Robert continues to get tons of work. One of his standout roles was a supporting member of the cast of Natural Born Killers. He also continues to get girls because he I'm had a fucking sick. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen that one in a long time. That girl's a weirdo. What's her name? Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. But she's like hella, yeah. hella Scientologist. I know. Like super duper Scientologist. I, she makes me really sad because I feel like if she wasn't involved with them, she could be like She'd one have of a our way great career. actors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because she picks cool roles yeah. when she can. Right. But I think she's like hella... I don't know. She's she's like balls deep in it. Yeah, for sure. Also, she her band is not bad. Have you heard it? They're all right. Juliet Lewis and the and what? The, and the something. Yeah, they're okay. They're like they're okay. Anyway, he continues to get girls because he had a fling with my, I guess problem my problematic fave Marissa Tomei because you okay. told me she's like mean. Allegedly, that's what they Allegedly, said on Reddit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, in 1995, along with everything else that Robert was already doing, he tried heroin for the first time. God. Shortly thereafter, he was pulled over for speeding and was found to be naked and hallucinating and started throwing imaginary rats at the officers. It actually doesn't seem like anything became of this incident. Like, he just kind of got away with it. It just went away. He wasn't arrested or anything, which is some white privilege if if I've ever heard of it. I was about to sneeze that. Um, yeah, but it sort of didn't matter because he was already getting a reputation around the town for being a fucking mess. Right. The heroin use increased. He started being bad in a string of bad movies. He was in and out of rehab, and just like that, things started to fall apart almost shockingly quickly, considering he had held it together for so many years at that point. Right, but heroin, come on. Yeah. Yeah. In April of 96, Deborah left him and took Indio. Oh. Which obviously she had to do. Well, right. But I bet it killed him and probably led him to using even more. Of course. So he definitely hit rock bottom. But every time I think he hits rock bottom, it turns out there's lower than rock bottom. Like Robert will start digging to get even lower. Sean Penn sent his ass to rehab again. Wow. Like straight up picked his ass up, drove him to like New Mexico or Arizona or some shit. And like was like stay here and wow wow, but Robert escaped and hitchhiked back to Malibu, and immediately got fucked up. Oh my god! 
He lost his house, although I'm unsure if it was repossessed or if Deborah took it. Okay. Which I hope she did so that she and India would have a place to live. Yeah. Then Robert was essentially homeless and would stay with friends until they got tired of his shit and would kick him out. He later rented a place, but he became a nuisance to his neighbors because he kept losing his key and bothering everyone else at all hours, so he got evicted. And now he's in his 30s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Then, Imagine if you, if I was like, I need to stay with you for a little bit. <laughs> like, well, in your 30s, it's crazy, kind of. That would be fine, though. Cause, no, but, I know, but I'm not a heroin addict. <laughs> that's that's what makes... Your friend, like, needed to stay with you for a little bit. That doesn't... That's fine. But, like because of that like yeah exactly that's what i'm saying (laughs) so then in june he was arrested for the first time after he was pulled over for speeding on pch and the cops found coke heroin and a gun in the car oh my god this is the famous like court no damn there's several (laughs) she says uh oh yeah and obviously he was high as fuck yeah just a month later while out on parole robert was arrested again this time, Robert broke into a neighbor's house, got undressed down to his chonies, and fell asleep in a child's bed. Oh, man. When his neighbors got home, they couldn't get his ass to wake up because he was drunk and high, so they had to call the cops. Wow. He was so fucked up that night that the paramedics had to give him Narcan to wake him up. Oh, my God. So it was bad. Yeah. His neighbors didn't press charges, which... Oh, wow. White people. Yeah. Am I right? Damn. <laughs> Y'all really protect your own. Uh, for real. Because could yeah. you imagine if it would have been like, literally black anybody else? Yeah, for sure. First of all, they would have shot his ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if he did make it out alive. They would have pressed charges. So anyway, despite the fact that they didn't press charges, after a brief hospital stint, he was still sent to jail to await facing the judge uh, on his pending charges. Because he had been... Um, arrested just a month before so it was like whether well, they press parole. yeah so <laughs> whether whether they press charges or not like he was going back you know yeah the judge ordered him into a detox a drug detox program instead of prison but he escaped oh my god two days into his stay and again hitchhike hitchhike back to the boo but he was quickly captured and sent to jail for nine days or almost the full felicity huffman as yeah. I as I think I'll start calling these bullshit short sentences. Oh man, uh, the driver at our office, she fucking uh, dressed up as Felicity Huffman in a, and in she's a like a, a real skinny white lady with blonde hair. Yeah, yeah and she tight. dressed up in the jumpsuit and she had F Huffman on her. Yeah, it looked real tight. That's what's up. Yeah, somebody said in that picture she looks like. Uh, an Oscar-winning Frances McDormand role. She does. Like, That's yeah. true, though. <laughs> anyway, shout out to Lori Laughlin. You in danger, girl? Yeah, super danger. You keep this shit up. You're gonna do like fifty Felicity Huffman's, my dude. Seriously, I wonder if the plea bar plea deal is not on the table anymore for her, because and that's they keep why adding charges. Yeah, so I think like is she can't anymore. I don't know. And Nt was saying, you know what the problem is with her too, that her and her husband have the same lawyer oh so it's like who is who are his allegiances to right okay anyway the so the judge sent robert to like a more supervised rehab and robert did better this time in september he pled no contest on the drug and gun charges and the judge sentenced him to six months in a live-in rehab wow with, with like drug 
with drug counseling along with three years of probation. Somehow, despite all this, he still managed to host SNL just two months later. What the fuck? Which leads me to believe that no one was taking his sentence seriously. Because he's supposed to be living at this rehab. Right. And meanwhile, in California. And meanwhile, he, like, takes off to do SNL. Yeah. So, in September of 1997, Robert disappeared and went on a bender. When he finally resurfaced a few days later... He failed his court-ordered drug test and in December faced the judge on this violation of his probation. The judge, after sounding exasperated that he was running out of options with Robert, sentenced yeah, him. Yeah, he had given him so many chances. So way more chances than your Anybody typical else person gotten. would get. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, he, you can tell he's like fed the fuck up and he tells him, he tells him like, I did my best to, yeah. <laughs> to do right by you, to do better than right by you. So he's running out of options with Robert and he sentenced him to six months in jail, telling Robert that he was ordering this because he knows how uncomfortable it will be and figures that this will be a real wake up call. Yeah. In jail, Robert was a target and was often involved in fights and on at least two occasions was violently attacked until he was finally moved to solitary two months into his sentence. Wow, that's scary. It's weird. They should have put him in solitary from the jump, I think. Yeah. Following, following his six months, he did an additional two months in a rehab program. During all this time, he's still in for forgettable movie after forgettable movie. Nothing <sighs> really stands out. Yeah, but crazy that he's still getting work, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like you said, it is crazy that he has all these movies dropping basically while he's in jail and immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no one was like, hmm, maybe let's... Let's cool it on this dude for a while and see if he can get his shit together. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't hire this dude that's going to do six months in jail. Right. Anyway, so he paid his debt to society. He went to rehab. His career seems fine. It even seemed like he reconciled with Deborah, although I can't confirm that. It could be that she was just on his arm to like support him at premieres and stuff. Right. But things certainly seemed like they had kind of stabilized. Yeah. Except now, whoops, he has a money problem. Oh. Uh- First of all, drugs cost a lot of money. Yeah, especially those drugs. Yep. Second. Not that I know or anything. <laughs> second, usually when you're doing drugs, you're partying, which costs a lot of money. Yeah, I definitely know that know that costs that a lot shit. of money. Fuck, man. Let me tell you. Limos, champagne, hoes, hotels, you name it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That shit's expensive. <laughs> third, when you get caught doing illegal shit over and over again, your legal fees become astronomical. So Lawyers say goodbye. Cost money. Hey, hey, I can tell you about that shit. <laughs> so say goodbye to a ton of your money right there. Yep. So even though until now he'd been constantly working, all that money had poof vanished. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure he's playing child support. Well, they're not. Div- well, yeah, he's taking care of his kid. Yeah. So he had to keep taking on jobs just to dig himself out of the hole he was in, which took not which took a toll not only on him personally as would totally be expected but also on the quality of his work as well right very few of these late 90s performances even give us a shadow of the talent that robert once showed which was really fucking sad yeah because he's so fucking talented yeah he's a really good actor so these circumstances led robert to another relapse he skipped a court-mandated drug test in early 1999 that was required as part of his probation so he was arrested and brought before the judge. This time, because I think he knew that the judge had exhausted any avenues to show him any leniency, 
He hired members of O.J. Simpson's dream team to defend him. Basically, everyone that was available uh, with Robert Shapiro taking the lead. But at this point, like I said, the judge kind of had no choice but to throw the book at him. Right. When the judge asked Robert what he had to say for himself, he gave the infamous statement. I think this is the one that you're thinking of. Yeah, that video is so sad. It's so sad. He says, quote, it's like I've got a shotgun in my mouth with my finger on the trigger and I like the taste of the gunmetal. So the judge gave him three years in prison to be served at Corcoran, the same prison that housed enemies of this podcast, Charles Manson, and later Phil Spector. Holy shit. (laughs) In prison, he worked in the kitchen. But it seems like he had much of the same problems as far as abuse that he had in jail. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it was really rough for him on the inside. After almost a year, he was surprisingly released early after a judge decided that all of his sins in jail counted as time served for the sentence. And he qualified for early release in February of 2000. And within a week, Robert (laughs) joined the cast of the Fox dramedy Ally McBeal. That's fucking crazy, man. Man, they just give him chance after chance. I bet he is hella charming. Yeah. I mean, he is. You can tell. Yeah. But still. And we'll get to it later, but he seemed like a good friend also. Yeah. Uh, Now, I don't know if you guys remember the Willennium like I do, but Ally McBeal was huge. Oh, my God. (laughs) I personally... So fucking huge. Had never even seen 60 seconds of the show until now, but I do remember how big of a deal the show was back then oh yeah my brother used to watch it oh really did he yeah. watch the whole thing yeah that's why i know like huh. i remember like watching it with him so as i was writing this i actually stopped to watch the pilot out of curiosity because the whole series is on hulu and let me tell you this show is like the personification of windows 95 yeah for sure it's, it's like do you remember that uh screensaver that was that dancing baby there's a whole yes. episode on that shit Yes. And it's like that perfectly encapsulates like what the show is. Exactly. It's like if Windows 95 (laughs) became a person and married Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like, I think you might like it, Steph. Did you watch like more than a little bit? Uh, I maybe like within the last five years because it's all on something, right? Hulu or Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, like started watching like a few episodes because I was like, oh, maybe I'll get into this show. Mm-hmm. It's about warriors or whatever. Yeah, and I I couldn't get into it. It because it's got like it, there's like a love story that it's, I think you would be interested yeah, in. Yeah, that's what I thought so too, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I should give it another shot. No, you should watch. Don't watch that show and watch the fucking Good Wife. That shit slaps. Oh, okay. I have always hesitated because there's so many fucking seasons. Yeah, but I'll send you the like what you need to skip didn't you do that with Hyder? yeah Hyder okay. told me what to skip and it was perfect oh okay send me that yeah i'll yeah. do that for sure yeah. so uh yeah anyway it'll be I'm- a morning when you're on vacation anyway so i'll just <laughs> be watching the good wife but uh, shout out to Hyder because Hyder actually likes ali mcbeal hi Hyder. oh that's tight <laughs> but yeah there's lawyers there's love triangles jane krakowski yeah and- she's so tight huh and i think later lucy Liu, which i th- this is what like popped her off right yeah um so yeah i think it has potential i, I don't know i might not keep watching it though because it was kind of corny yeah uh, i remember it somehow being tied to the internet in a way that no show had before and i like like you said the fucking dancing baby the dancing baby was all over the year 2000 so 
you add Robert Downey Jr. and all his public drama, obviously all eyes are going to be on him to see if he can keep his shit together. So he brings the drama, the show's got the buzz, and bam, you've got yourself a picture. <laughs> so, so he joins the cast as Allie's love interest. I don't think I've mentioned that Robert is also a musician and a singer. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He even sang on the Chaplin soundtrack, actually. That's weird. But anyway, he was balls deep in Allie McBeal, and he sang on two of the show's soundtrack albums, which this show has two soundtrack albums? (laughs) I saw some some video of Robert singing with Sting. He sings a lot like Sting, which is great. Oh. And I love, I fuck with Sting. Yeah. So. That's some new age shit right there. I figure he's doing all this because uh, anything to get a check because the IRS was after this fool for over a million bucks at this point. Oh, my God. And he was for damn sure not going to go back to prison over some tax shit after he just got out, you know. So the financial pressure was definitely mounting, which again put a strain on whatever was left of his marriage. Then, after Deborah didn't want to sp- want him to spend Thanksgiving with her in Indio, bam, he relapsed. Oh, no. So he's out in Palm Springs at the strip club when he starts doing lines with some of the dancers. One thing leads to another, and they pick up an ounce of Coke. Everyone goes back to his hotel to keep the party going, and someone makes an anonymous 911 call to drop the dime that there's a dude in the hotel with an O of Coke and some guns. Oh, my God. So the cops show up, and most of the Coke was gone. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I think they only found a few grams, but they didn't find any guns, but they did find quite a few Valium. So they arrested his ass, which resulted in quite the mugshot. And he now faced four years in prison based on his prior offenses and his probation violation. So he posts bail after borrowing some money and his attorneys work on maybe getting the case thrown out by calling the search illegal. So all this is going on in the background when in April of 01, bam, he's arrested again. Wow. This time he was found barefoot in an alley in Culver City. Oh, I remember this. (laughs) Yeah. Which I feel for him. Shout out to Culver City. (laughs) I felt that. (laughs) But he was out of his mind on drugs. I guess luckily he didn't actually have any drugs on him because they didn't send him straight to jail. They actually sent him to rehab. He also got fired from Allie McBeal. Wow. Duh. Yeah. Can't really count on him to show up to work if he might be going to prison. Right. So they abruptly wrote him out of the last few episodes of the season. After pleading no contest, he ended up getting a year in rehab and another three years probation. And Deborah left him for good when she filed for divorce and took India with her. And even though he'd been fired from Ally McBeal, he still won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor, which is hilarious. What the <laughs> fuck? There was a lot of speculation around this time as to whether or not he was bipolar. And his stepmom apparently gave a quote to People magazine alleging that he was, in fact, bipolar. But a few years ago, Robert addressed this and basically said that people tried to diagnose him, but that it's low-key impossible to properly diagnose someone when they're smoking crack. So... (laughs) (laughs) Is that so? (laughs) So I take it to mean he denies that he's bipolar. Does he smoke crack? apparently yeah back then fuck he, he said that he would be like in the way in the bathroom of like the psychiatrist's office and like smoking crack and then they would be like yep you're bipolar and he'd be like uh 
I'm just high on crack. <laughs> oh my god, me. This is crazy. This one has nine lives. He does, right? Right? Yeah. In July of 02, he got released from rehab and moved in with Mel Gibson. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good idea i mean just a wild guess that's yeah. not a good idea just but. like a, i just had a slight reaction to that <laughs> <laughs> but he still went to rehab on his own as an outpatient good. even though he got out like of the court mandated rehab mel was a really good friend to robert and in order to help him get back on his feet pretty much agreed to produce a film the singing detective so that robert could co-star in it and he also paid the astronomical insurance bond out of his own pocket since Robert was basically uninsurable. Wow. And that's the thing about Mel Gibson. Yeah. Jodie Foster says the same thing, you remember, that basically there's no better friend in the whole business. And I get that, but I don't think I could be friends with someone like Mel Gibson no matter how kind he was to me specifically. Right. I think that to be his friend and ignore everything else maybe would call my own personal morals and values into question because how can i still call someone a friend who looks at my neighbor and thinks they're evil because they're jewish or looks at a woman and suggests that he hopes she gets raped by a bunch of people who give gina rodriguez heebie-jeebies yeah that shit's not okay yeah like unless you're trying to change their minds or help them like why would you be friends with them yeah and i don't think anyone's changing mel's mind at this point he's a million years old Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's my two cents on that. So the singing detective bombed and was trashed by the critics, but at least Robert proved that he could fucking work. Then he made a string of films starting with Gothica in 2003, where he further proved that he could probably be relied on to get the job done. His Gothica contract stipulated that he only get paid 60% of his salary with the remaining 40% to be used to insure him until production wrapped after which he would receive whatever was owed to him. Wow. According to Wikipedia, this is actually the new standard for all of his subsequent contracts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So Gothica not only granted Robert a template for the way future productions could contract him, it also introduced him to his future and current wife, Susan, hmm. who produced the movie. They started dating after the film wrapped and he proposed not long after. She accepted, but only on the condition that he stayed clean for two years before they got married, which sounds super smart. Shout out to you, Susan. Yeah. And obviously that he stayed clean after that. So after this, things really started looking up. Some of the films he makes in this era are pretty good, like Fur with Nicole Kidman. Do you remember that? That's uh, the Diane Arbus movie. Yeah. Uh, good Night and Good Luck with George Clooney. And I've never seen that. Oh, that's really good. Really? Yeah. Let me look it up. He directed that and wrote it, I think. Who? George Clooney. Oh, I was I think like, that was <laughs> Robert. No. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Zodiac. Oh, damn. Good Night and Good Luck has crazy good reviews. Yeah, it's really good. So, like, once he tops it off with, like, Zodiac, everyone's like, okay, well, he seems like he's all right. You know, he, he could be back. Zodiac was a good-ass movie. Yeah. In 08, everything changed when John Favreau, not the hot John Favreau, the other one, <laughs> <laughs> decided to cast him as Iron Man. Iron Man became RDJ's first blockbuster film, which is crazy because he's been in the business for like... A long, like decades now. Well, since he was five years old. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So that same year, he also started Tropic Thunder. Ew. Which got him his second Oscar nomination. What? Yep. Unfortunately, while riding the highest highs of his career that year, he his beloved son, Indio, started showing signs of drug abuse and actually spent some time in rehab. Holy shit. Robert, of course, went out of his way to ensure that Indio got all the best help and treatment available, but I'm sure that hurt him a lot. Of course. And Indio ended up catching a possession of coke charge in 2014 when he was 20 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Robert still sounds optimistic about Indio being able to get the help that he needs, though. I mean, you have to be, I think, as a parent. Yeah, of course. Have that hope, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it just sucks because it took Robert how many years, you know? Fucking a million. Yeah. Basically, since then, Robert has played Iron Man 500 times. uh, Yeah. Sherlock Holmes twice. Oh, I forgot about Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Stuck up for Mel Gibson several times. And as we know, was long thought to be one of the secret whistleblowers collectively known as him on our favorite gossip site, Crazy Days and Nights. Yes. Robert is allegedly the person on C-Dan that broke the story of Natalie Wood's alleged rape by Kirk Douglas, which, of course, we discuss in Natalie Wood's episode. If you read that particular post, the poster makes it pretty clear that he's RDJ. So do with that what you will. But Robert... I believe, is on the record as publicly denying that it's him. Yeah. Robert also had two bevis with Susan, a boy and a girl. Aww. And in 2015, California Governor Jerry Brown gave Robert a full and unconditional pardon for his prior criminal record. What the fuck? Yeah. That, I don't know how I feel about that. That rubs me completely the wrong way. Actually, I understand <laughs> a nonviolent offender, but... I Still, know, like man. somebody who, like, doesn't who, need it <laughs> right that but also somebody who knew they were breaking the law continued to break the law uh-huh. were being given chances continue to break the law mm-hmm. you know no yeah <laughs> hell no what the firearms fuck? yeah also involved hell no i would be fine with it because like i said nonviolent. if they did it for everybody else for all the black and brown people that have not received the pardon you know but drug use is inherently violent because you're supporting drug dealers and yeah. like this like the just that the nature of like drug yeah. use and like the people you surround yourself with so no i don't like it, that this would be a good time to mention i think we should decriminalize all drugs but <laughs> all drugs that they did it in portugal and it worked yeah no <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal, that's my personal stance on that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Portugal B, the leader of the world and shit. <laughs> Hella worked over there, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, so RDJ also seems to be trying to distance himself even further from the lows of his past by walking out on in- on interviews and try to bring it up. Oh, and really? I, yeah, he makes like a big scene about it. And I think that that's part of the reason why people that are a little bit younger of us younger than us don't really know about it because he's not talking about it so i guess that means we're never asking him on our podcast because that's basically all we want to know about yeah for real that and sarah jessica parker yep some natalie wood tea yeah (laughs) but that's it that brings that brings us up to date look out for sherlock holmes 3 apparently oh and robert really yeah oh wow Robert is rich as fuck now. Yeah. He's actually one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. So good for him, I guess. <laughs> and uh, let's hope he can keep up the great work of maintaining his sobriety. Yeah. I just kind of wish like he would go back to some of those like 
mid 2000s roles some some smaller type like zodiac like yeah it definitely stopped being fucking iron man like right which you know do yeah other cooler smaller roles you're not gonna get a lot of money maybe it's he doesn't need the money yeah it's not gonna be a fucking blockbuster you're not gonna be like front page news but it's gonna be a good ass film he's um dr doolittle now i guess oh what the fuck the, the, which is the opposite i don't want him to do these johnny depp sort of uh you know like uh, what are all those the like that string of tim burton movies that johnny depp was in that were all like fucking blockbusters and we didn't need like charlie and the chocolate factory and shit yeah the yeah. corpse bride what was oh, that i one? like corpse bride i love corpse bride what was <laughs> that one where he's a barber what's that one called sweeney todd uh-huh sweeney todd yeah that yeah. was weird so, I mean, I want him to give me another Zodiac. Start really he asking again. He should That's talk about his drug use. He should he not should. avoid it. Right. He needs to talk about that so people have hope. I think that, you know, he got his pardon and he, like, washed his hands of it. And yeah, he he's like, like, oh, it's not part of me anymore. Yeah. He was yeah like, cause, and it. he gets away with it because mm-hmm. people don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. So, Good job, May. Thank you. Nice topic. Well, guys, thank you for listening. This is the drama club (laughs) (laughs) it is yes hit us up on instagram and twitter at drama club pod at the gmail drama club pod at gmail.com Ooh, buy a sticker if you want Ooh, yeah link on our website www.dramaclubpod.com i'm sending out sticker orders today cool leave your girls a review wherever you listen to podcasts particularly itunes it helps other people find us yeah hit us on the hotline 505-530-556 at our P.O. Box, P.O. Box number 27433, LACA90027. And we'll catch you on Monday with a brand new Afternoon Delight episode. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet.